You are now tuned in to No One Watches Regular News No More, hosted by me, Kerry Bogart, and this is episode 31. All right, uh, welcome back. The first story that I wanted to get into is Earl Spence Jr. against Danny Garcia. So over the weekend, the fight took place at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. It was three judges that uh, were, they were called the fight. Um, Earl Spence Jr. was about 14 months or so removed from his scary car crash. And it was concerned going, going into the fight that Earl Spence Jr. might not be the same fighter he was before the car crash. And then seeing him going against a two-division champion like Danny Garcia, you know, it, it was some concerns. But Earl Spence Jr. would really um, be more aggressive than Garcia in in the fight. Um, if you watched the fight, if you watched the fight, uh, you saw that Earl Spence Jr. kept moving forward, and Danny Garcia kept you know kept backpedaling you know the entire fight. To me, Danny Garcia seemed a tad bit nervous uh, going into the fight. You know he you know he was very um, alert, aware of Earl Spence Jr. So he had to give him more respect than he would have any other fighter that he that he went against. So Earl Spence Jr. would win on a decision. Um it was called 116 to 112 by one judge. One judge called it uh, 117 to 111. And another judge called it 118 110 in favor of Earl Spence Jr. So Earl Spence Jr. would win his comeback fight against a two-time uh, division champion, Danny Garcia. So the future is very bright for Earl Spencer Jr. And um, who he will fight next, we don't know, but it's kind of speculations, you know, names like uh, Terrence Crawford have been thrown out there as a potential uh, opponent in the future. So we'll see if Earl Spencer Jr. takes on another um a big-time champion like a uh, Terrence Crawford, etc. So Earl Spence Jr. comes in and wins his comeback fight, and he is still undefeated. A great fighter, a Dallas, Texas native. So um, I look forward to seeing more fights in the future from Earl Spence Jr. I like him as a fighter, you know. Um, and this fight it it showed that he wanted to be the aggressor and not be more relaxed you know he forced Garcia to to really fight you know and Garcia just seemed a tad bit uncomfortable during the fight you know but that was Earl Spence Jr. his style is to be aggressive go at you you know apply pressure and um but hats off to Earl Spence Jr. for winning another fight his comeback fight and he remains undefeated all right so let's go ahead and uh talk about former president Barack Obama referring to defund the police as a snappy slogan. Now he was doing an interview where he uh, talked about defund the police being a snappy slogan. Now Barack Obama has said before that he supports reform when it comes to the criminal justice system. So he's, he's not against it. He's just against the approach of it. The what's being said. So he's not against it completely. It's, it's just the words that are being used to describe what people want. It sounds very unprofessional. It's a cry for help. It's desperate. And that's what he's saying. 
So again, Barack Obama is not against reform. He's just against the slogan being used because what's happening is it creates a rift. It divides people based on a slogan. And that's the worst, worst way you can go is to make up a slogan that represents one side of the, the spectrum, one side of, of a perspective, a idea, and you forget to include the other side of it. So um, when looking at defund the police, the current president, the future president, Joe Biden, and any former president supports police and military. It's only right to think that if you are a current president, a future president, a former president, that you will support the military and the police. That's the first thing. Okay, the second thing is this. People are saying that police are overpaid and they're underperforming. Okay, well, let's look at this for example. When you live in a city like Houston, Texas, that last month they passed 358 murders, it's not tangible to think that every single case will be solved. It's not possible. So you're going to have a lot of unsolved cases and murders over the past decade, the past 20 years or so, that, that they have not solved. Then on top of that, you have to factor in more cases that will come in on top of the cases that are not even solved yet. So think about the volume that the police have to deal with every single day, the stress of the job, people's expectations are not realistic. They're saying that cops are overpaid and underperforming. That you had, I think I was reading, it, it was around 250,000 unsolved cases or so. In the past decade. And then on top of that. You have to factor in. More cases. In the future. Every day. Every hour. Every minute. So people have these very high expectations. But it's not realistic. In sense. People will say this. Well we feel over police. We don't trust the police. Well why don't people in that community. Or that city become cops. That'd be one solution. One solution to the problem is to become a cop, be in law enforcement, stop complaining and be a part of the change. Be the solution, not the problem. People complain about education, health care, lack of resources, employment. OK, for example, let's discuss education. I got a public education, not a private school. I didn't have the best resources. I still got my high school diploma, graduated on time. You got parents now whose children cannot even graduate high school. It's not the school's fault that your child cannot graduate high school. It's the parents' fault. But they got the, the nerve to blame the teacher or the school system or the education system that your child failed to perform in school, and that they did not graduate on time. When it comes to both black and Latino children, they underperform in schools. This is true. Healthcare. 
I know for a fact that it's a lot of people that do have health care that, that never go see a doctor. They don't want to. They're afraid of doctors. They're paranoid. A prime example is the whole vaccine thing now with COVID. People don't like to go to doctors, but they complain about not having health care. It makes no sense to me. So, again, what we do is we find things to complain about and no solution. In my opinion, when you live in a city with high crime, there's no it makes no sense for you to talk about defunding the police budget restructure. No, no, you need a reduction in crime first before you can even consider talking about cutting down the budget of police. Because they're dealing with a high volume of crime. And that's my opinion about, uh, about it. So in my opinion, Barack Obama is not all the way wrong in what he said. He's actually right. Because when you say defund the police, it sounds very unprofessional. And you try to make an argument and explain what you mean. It's not tangible. It's not realistic. Stop bringing up education. Stop bringing up health care. Stop bringing up employment and just lack of resource. These are all excuses that we provide all the time. To explain our position and why we think that it should be less cops. It should be less cops and they should be paid less money because I don't have education, employment, Healthcare and resources. Until I get these things, cops should be paid less money. Cut the budget when it comes to police departments. I don't agree with this method when it comes to cities with high crime. I don't. And that's how I see it. Again, Barack Obama was not all the way uh, wrong in what he said, but people feel some kind of way about the police. Again, we always have these unrealistic expectations and we have no solution to the problem. We always have complaints versus solutions. All right, the next story that I'm going to get into is about rapper Casanova among 18 alleged gang members charged with racketeering. So Casanova, rapper Casanova, one of 18 alleged gang members who have been indicted on a a slew of criminal charges, including conspiracy to commit racketeering, conspiracy to distribute controlled substance and possession of a firearm in furtherance of a drug trafficking crime. The FBI announced the charges Tuesday identifying each of the defendants as members of the untouchable Gorilla Stone Nation Street Gang. Though Casanova legal name Caswell Sr. has only been charged with the uh, mentioning crimes, some of his fellow defendants have been indicted on everything from assault, identity theft, to attempted murder and murder. Now, once you get certain kinds of money, it's certain kinds of people that you can't hang around. I don't understand rappers who achieve a certain level of success. They're making good money. They want to be around low-life scum. Hullums, thugs. You do not want to even be mentioned in the same conversation with these people. People that are engaging in criminal activity and not saying that Casanova is completely guilty. But it's the people you're hanging around that's guilty. They're saying it's guilty. 
So why would you want to hang around low-life scum, low-life people that their only success is robbing, stealing, and killing? But somehow you want to be around these people, allow yourself to be around these people, these people, these people be around you. I don't understand why do black men become successful, make good money, and they still want to be affiliated with low-life scum. Once you make certain kinds of money, there's certain kinds of people that you can't hang around. And there's certain kinds of people that you should hang around. And criminals are not one of them. So hopefully these things about Casanova is not true. However, you are guilty by association. So this is another example of rappers hanging around people that they should not hang around. You make good money, you're doing well for yourself, take care of your family, your kids, etc. But don't hang around low-life scum. People that do low-life shit, criminals, you have no business hanging around these kinds of people. And that's my advice. All right, this next story is about a teacher. Um, this happened in Greenup County, Kentucky. A female teacher without arms and legs arrested for molesting boys in her school. Now, apparently this teacher was celebrated. Now she has been arrested and indicted on child sex crimes. So Kentucky State Police Officer Shane Goodall confirmed to the media today that Maria Scott was indicted in Greenup, Kentucky for prohibited use of the electronic communication system to procure a minor for sex and two counts of unlawful transaction with a minor. Now, Mar Maria Scott was born this way. She was born without arms and legs. Apparently, she was celebrated in the local and regional press in 2018 after becoming the first Kentuckian to receive a robotic arm. Kentucky State Police began its investigation to Maria after receiving a complaint that she was having an inappropriate relationship with a male student she had in class last year. During the inquiry, state police investigators discovered inappropriate text messages between the student and Maria as well as that the suspect had illegal physical contact with the student. Police did not describe exactly what kind of illegal contact she had with the student. The thing that gets me is that this woman has just a body. No arms. No legs. Police did not describe exactly what kind of illegal contact she had with the student. So I can guess that maybe she used a robotic arm. Or maybe she used her mouth to her throat. I don't know what she used. But it's a bizarre story that a woman born without legs and arms somehow molested boys in her school. She has been charged and indicted on child sex crimes. And then they say that she was texting. And I want to know who in the hell was texting because it couldn't have been her. There is no way that this woman was texting anybody. It said during the inquiry, state police investigators discovered inappropriate text messages between the student and Maria. I want to know is how does a woman without arms text?
did she use the robotic arm to text? I don't know. But it's a very bizarre story. When I first read it, I didn't believe it, but it's a true story. Female teacher without arms and legs arrested for molesting boys in her school. A very bizarre story, but a true story. All right, the last story that I'm getting to is a restaurant owner, Kevin Kelly, True Kitchen. Kevin Kelly, now this was in Dallas, Texas, True Kitchen. It's a video that went viral over Kevin Kelly talking. And the words he was using, people were saying was not appropriate. The cuss words, it was unprofessional, etc. But this was in response to something that was taking place in his restaurant, twerking. So females were ass-shaking, twerking in his, in his restaurant. Kevin Kelly thought that it was inappropriate behavior, and he was right. So it went viral, you know, and I was seeing this on social media, Instagram, everywhere. But Kevin Kelly, in my opinion, he was not wrong for what he was saying. Because the words that he was using, the, the cuss words, were the right words because you were dealing with a certain kind of people. So Kevin Kelly was completely right in my book. Because, see, men, we are tired of the twerking, the ass shaking, trying to make a public scene, trying to be seen, you know, trying to get attention. For me, twerking is a mating call. A mating call for women to show men their ass and show them, look, I am willing to have sex if I like you. I'm going to present to you my ass, and if I like you, I'll pick you, then we can have sex. So in my opinion, twerking is a, a mating ritual. So Kevin Kelly was not wrong for what he said. He stood his ground. He's saying, look, in my restaurant, you can't do this. Now you can go somewhere else and do this. But in my restaurant, please have some respect for yourself and for people around you. Do not make a public scene. Do not embarrass yourself. That's what he was saying. Men are tired of this behavior from women. We are tired of women always trying to make a public scene and showing their ass, showing the breasts, showing the body. Men are tired of it because all you're doing is a mating ritual. You're showing your body to us and you're showing, look, I have a nice body. I might be good sexual. That's what you're saying. So and then also, too, you had people making up excuses like it's the DJ's fault. It's the music he's playing as if these women could not resist a good twerk song. They must fulfill their desire, their needs, that their, their, their pleasure, the itch. They must get up and perform twerking the mating ritual. They cannot resist the song. They cannot help themselves. It's a terrible thing to say when it's someone else's fault for their behavior. If he didn't do this, they wouldn't behave this way. They're putting blame on the DJ on the song and saying that's the reason why they behave this way. That's the reason why they twerk. That's the reason why they can't resist. That's the reason why they can't help themselves. That's their desire. I hate this idea, this perception that 
the reason why these females got got up and, and began began dancing and twerking is because they did DJ. But Kevin Kelly stood his ground. He said what he said. And look, if you don't like his rules and his policies, hey, you can do that somewhere else. I'm pretty sure it's other restaurants that's around that will allow you to get up and dance the way you want to dance. But Kevin Kelly is saying, look, you would not be doing that at my restaurant. Plain and simple. Thank you for being able to tune in and listen to my podcast. No one watches regular news no more. Hosted by me, Kerry Bogar, and I will be back real soon with more topics.